What up, my glip glops? What's yeah. up? What's up, homie? <laughs> What's up? New studio, new digs, we Gucci. Better beat the drum and hold the phone. The sun came out today. We're born again. There's new grass on the field. Around the third and headed for home. It's a brown eyed, handsome man. Torch Cotter on Avalanche. Welcome back to the 16th episode of the Small Market Insecurities Podcast. It's your boy Phil Razor, and I'm once again joined by the co-host of Chaos, Skyball. Sky, how are we doing today? What up, my glib glops? What's Good. up? What's up, homie? <laughs> we also got that guy you love to hate, Stack Eye Nate. Nate, how are we doing on this fine Tuesday? Oh, we are ready to give some takes today, boys. Sure is, sure is. Good, good, good. So we're going to kind of bypass the on this date because we have so much content to get into today. Uh, a lot of NFL games to go over. we got a lot of baseball talk, more than we've done, because we have the postseason here. We're going to get into those matchups a little bit. AKA it is Phil October. Didn't, AKA Phil didn't do any research on what happened today in this day. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I can no, look it up right now. I thought, no, we can look it up right now. I thought about it, but I thought we had a lot to go over. So we decided to omit that today, but it will be back. Don't worry. Sorry, Michaela, no, on this date. Oh, no, I just, I just wanted to make fun of Phil. That's fair. No, we, that's fair. We throw it in his face enough. Um, we also have some NBA talk, more of an opinion part, and we're going to get into a little hockey drama as well. But let's get it started, guys, with the NFL. A lot of games this weekend involving small market teams. And we're going to start off with a Thursday night game. It was a very good game. The Jacksonville Jaguars and the Cincinnati Bengals played. The winless Jags went in there. They were up 14 nothing going into the half, and they had a fourth and goal in the one. And that this was a turning point in the game for me. Yep. Uh, Urban could have easily, you know, settled for the field goal from the one yard line, seventeen nothing at half. He was too busy finger blasting bitches. At we Chop will House. get <laughs> into that later. We're not going to go into that right now. But I like the decision to go for it, and I want to know, you know, Sky, what you think about that. I would have done the same thing. I'm zero three. We've had a tough time scoring. You have a ball on the one yard line going yeah, in the half. I, I like the aggression. I mean, I'm always a big fan of you know going for it in late downs. Yeah, I always like the aggressive plays, you know, going for it, you know, going for two when you don't have to just be like, kind of like, fuck you. I'm going to do it anyways. Yeah. Um, I mean, no, I, I, I like the decision. I mean, it, it unfortunately didn't really work how they wanted it to work out, but yeah, I, st- I still, I respect the balls. He's got yeah. brass balls. He's I'll got the gabagool. He, yeah. He's got the freaking gabagool. The Bengals ended up coming back in the second half <laughs> with a monster performance from Joe Burrow, 25 of 32, 348 yards, couple touchdowns. Um, was it Timmy Hall that said uh, he's going to be top five? Yeah, Timmy did tweet that at me. It's starting to look like he might be right. You know, he could. It definitely could. Um, PBR of 132.8. That's a hell of a day. Yeah, yeah. James Robinson was really the only good offense for the uh, or the bright spot, I guess, for the Jags. He had 18 for 78 on the end zone twice. Trevor wasn't bad. 17 to 24 for 200 he's yards. Better. Yeah, he's improving on a win a weekly Slowly basis. Yeah, he's um, getting better. No LaVisca, touch. LaVisca Chanel had a nice little day at the office. What the you fuck know? did you just call me? Yeah, I said it. LaVisca <laughs> Chanel, you know, six catches, 99 yards. Not yeah. a bad day at the office. No, I mean, it, it It was what it was. I mean, at the end of the day, the Bengals were 3-1, and one, and they lead the AFC North. If you had that in your Who bingo pool. Who fucking saw that? If you had that in the uh, in the old pool, good for you. Uh, I would cash out that bet right now because yeah. you're, you know, roughly 25% into the season, and they're in first place. Shit's about to get rocky for them, though. Uh, you know what? It, it's definitely a tough schedule. So Yeah, that's, um, that's what sucks. I mean, if they had an easier schedule, I'd, I'd be like, all right, well, yeah, they might be able to ride this out, you know, second place at the end of the season. But well, looking at their schedule, it's like, yeah, you got to run the gauntlet for two or three games, like week seven through week ten, I think. Here, let's take a look at it. Weeks five through nine, their upcoming schedule, their buys week ten. So week five this week, they've got – at home against Green Bay. Loss. I'd say it's a loss. 
Then they're at Detroit. Win. That's a win. Uh, I don't know, though. I mean, you saw the Lions take the Ravens we'll, down to the wire. Well, uh, we'll, we'll get into it, but they just lost to Justin Fields, so we'll get into that. No, in that's minute. fair. And then we have at Baltimore. It's a loss. loss. And then at the Jets. It's a win. That's a win. I'll give them the first That's a sure. win. Yeah, that's a and win. And then at home against Cleveland. That's a loss. It's probably a loss, but the way we'll get there, the way they're playing right now, I think that'll be the way these two teams have played the last two weeks. I think it'll be interesting because the Browns look good, obviously, week three, week four, not so much, but we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, congrats to the Bengals. They started off hot, and you know we'll see if they can keep keep the gravy train rolling, as they say. Um, next game we want to get into. I don't That's think I'm saying. I don't think anybody saw this coming this week. The Tennessee Titans lost in overtime to the New York Jets. Buddy. Motherfucker. Dude. I, I understand. Tannehill, Tannehill didn't have AJ or Julio this week. So it was pretty much just the uh, you know the Derrick Henry show. Tannehill did throw the ball 49 times, but that was out of necessity. And the game took all of 70 minutes almost because it went to overtime. Yeah. I'm really enjoying Mike Vrabel's sideline shots. Like the, oh, the looks that he's no, giving dude, are, just, so are just priceless. Well, it's because he's in desperation mode. He's dude. in he's abs- like, it's, it looks just more like a pure disgust. Yeah, you get like you can see his butt cheeks are burning. Oh, they are. Like he's on the hot seat, dude. Like, and he knows it. So, like, if you watch him interact with his players on the sidelines, the way he, like responds to refs, you can tell that that dude is sweating blood, like, in, like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'm not sure if he's feeling the heat off of this. I really don't know if you can put this quite so much on Vrabel as it is what. I mean, that's the nature of the beast in the NFL, though. It's the head coach. They're going to take all the blame. Yeah, well, yeah. De- Derrick Henry had 33 of their 37 carries, and three of those carries were Tannehill, and I don't know how many of those were scrambles. Um, the bear, the, I would, the I would backup to say all three. Uh, yeah, I mean that was basically at the. I mean the offense was balanced because they played for so long, but Derrick Henry once again. Had the uh, you know the brunt of the workload there. You know, kudos to the Jets, man. They ended up winning the game, and I don't think anybody saw that one coming. The Titans are two and two. I certainly did not. No, I that was one of the biggest shocks of the league. Let's but I mean, go. honestly, honestly, good for Zach Wilson. Yeah, let's got have, him a dub. Get his confidence get, up a little get bit. Him, get him a dub. It was a week for the rookies. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, his confidence a little. Doesn't feel like he's got such a small pecker anymore. Oh, does he? Does he not? I don't know. Stay tuned. He looks like an '80s bully in every movie. So. I dig it. I like the headband, like the Jim McMahon shit. Let's hop over to the Chiefs and the Eagles. Uh, Kansas City righted the ship this week, forty-two to thirty win over Philadelphia. Pat Mahomes, twenty-four of thirty, two hundred seventy-eight yards, five touchdowns. Um, hop on down here, <laughs> Tyreek Hill, eleven targets, twelve targets, eleven catches, hundred eighty-six yards, three touchdowns. Holy fuck! Yeah, no, dude, uh, he was in his bag. Yeah, he played the game of his uh, the game of his season so far. But I will say, I'm impressed that, that, the, that the Dirty Birds held them that long. It's funny. Kansas City covered twice. It was Philly plus seven, and it was an over-under of 54. So if you took the under in that game, the hell were you thinking? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Chiefs righted the ship. They're 2-2. Two and two. They're going to be right there at the end of the season. It wouldn't shock any of us if they ro- you know, reeled off nine straight wins. I mean, that's just who they are. No, I mean, that's... I, boy, that Jalen... I'll, I'll tell you what, though. That Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith connection, yeah. that's real, man. Jalen Hurts is the seven, truth. 11 targets, 7 catches for 122 yards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, Jalen Hurts is the truth. And I think Devontae Smith's going... He had three, 387 and two touchdowns. I mean, a 105 passer rating. That's yeah, no. I, dude, I've been saying this. Jalen Hurts is legit. Uh, he's. I did not have him as that. I think he's I really. Like, I've said it from like since that since that intro game last season where he had to come in. I was like, all right, this dude just blew me away expectation wise. I'm like, this guy's going to be good. I'll tell you what though, it's interesting because you're seeing a decrease in usage of Miles Sanders though, and uh, that's yeah from a from a fantasy perspective for a lot of people who you know have. Probably I mean, I leaned on him heavily last year. I, I can only imagine people, people that drafted him this year. People, a lot of people have. And, you know, and now you're starting to see Kenneth Gainwell starting to kind of fill in mm-hmm. that role. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So. It's a little bit of a changing of the guard type situation. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out the rest of the year. Um, let's hop over to the Cowboys and the Panthers. Uh, Cowgirls. They won. Cowboys won 36-28. Uh, both teams are 3-1 and one now. Um, I Dak think, looked pretty all right. Yeah, Dak looked solid. I mean, obviously played well enough to win through four touchdowns, only 188 yards, but still a good day. Yeah, that's Cowboys what I'm saying. He didn't came, have the he didn't have the yardage. I'll tell you what, Cowboys came out of the half. They were Cowboys were down one at the half, and they came out 20 points in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the uh, I think the big story of this game was Ezekiel Elliott. To be honest, 20 carries, 143 yards. Jerry Jones. After the game, uh, talked about how Zeke worked his ass off in the offseason to yeah. get to a place where he might not have been last year. 
Um, but he certainly looks like he's there now. It's looking like feed Zeke now. Yeah, it's looking better. But I want to talk about Sam Darnold for a minute because I don't think anybody had this going into the season. One, they're three and one, and he's playing well. Um, but he has five rushing I was touchdowns. Say, I know he's got a good amount. He has yeah. five back to back games with two was, rushing touchdowns. Even when he was at USC, he he's, he'd still would have a handful of rushing touchdowns. Yeah, but every college quarterback has a handful of rushing touchdowns. It's yeah. kind of the college game when you play for a premier program. You're going to have some plays break down. Is he kind of taking advantage of? You know, people not respecting his running ability. I think so. I mean, oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. you know, because As he's I, also, I also think having McCaffrey back there helps a lot where they run a read option in the red zone. And was, he back every, there? was he back there this week? He was. Uh, well, he was there for a little while in week three. Not this week. They had Chubba Hubbard, the rookie out of yeah. Oklahoma State. But Which he, he impressed a little bit. Yeah, 13 for 57. That's not bad. I think for me, Sam Darnold, the big thing is nobody's ever really seen him be this elusive and run the ball. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, when he was with New York, you didn't. It, that offensive line was break down every fucking play. So yeah. you don't, like, the first, how, how long was he in New York? What, three, like, three years. Three years? Yeah, so the first three years of his career, you throw that out. Yeah. I think this is, like, I think this is, like, considered his rookie season now. It, yeah. In, I mean, in, a, in a weird roundabout way. Not not actually, but, like. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's a re- he's, okay. a, he's a born-again quarterback. It, exactly. They, they have to be missing Curtis Samuel because they, I mean, other than DJ Moore, the, the Panthers have nobody out there. I mean, DJ, yeah. Moore, DJ Moore had eight, ca- he was targeted 12 times, eight catches, 113 yards, two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. After that, you have Robbie Anderson, 11 targets, five catches, 46 yards. That's not great. Uh, Brandon Zilstra. Yeah. Two targets, two catches, 63 yards. Rodney Smith. I mean, there's really, there's not a good. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of guys, nobody fucking knows who they are. And that's, and that's to your point. Yeah. They're, they're not, I mean, they don't have enough uh, depth at, at the receiver position to, you know, kind of, I mean, Robbie Anderson can stretch the field on you, and DJ Moore's a great route runner, but you need to have three or four guys you can roll out there that prove to be a threat, and they have a bunch of unproven guys on that roster, so. Well, and I mean, Robbie Anderson, I mean, to be targeted 11 times and have five catches, that's terrible. Yeah, that's, that's not, not good. That's not, a, that's six drops, man. That's a bad day. Yeah, I mean, it obviously passes. You're, you're getting three paid. times what DeAndre Hopkins had all season last year. You're getting year. paid to catch the ball. And you're well, not catching how the How many ball. of them were drops? Uh, we don't need to go into that. Much I, mean, like, we, I don't, don't, don't want to go into that. I mean, that could have been six ill-advised throws from Sam Darnold. We don't know. Um, let's hop over to the Saints and the Giants. Giants got off the Schneid this week, won their first game. Uh, 27-21 in overtime over the Saints. Jameis was okay. This Saints team, dude, I don't know what to make of now. Uh, they, they beat the shit out of the Packers, and then they lose to the Giants. I don't know. It's so hot and cold. Jameis was 17-23 for 226 and a touchdown. Didn't have any picks. That's not that's not a bad stat line, though. No. I mean, Daniel Jones is a story. 70% completion, two touchdowns, 402 yards. Yeah. Also, yeah, who the fuck is Danny Dimes? Like, you get two different guys every fucking other who game. He, who does he think he is? Hey, hey we'll fucking walk in here. The Eli, bi- Eli Manning Jr.? <clears throat> not a fucking well, chance. The biggest thing for Danny this year is that this was his first pick was in this game. So he went the first three games without throwing a pick, and his big, you, Are you know, serious? yeah, his big thing is he, you know, he turned the ball over a metric fuck ton in the last yeah. couple of years. Now he seems to be, you know, kind of progressing into the world that they, why they drafted him sixth overall out of Duke, nonetheless. Like, what has a Duke quarterback I mean, he, ever done? He might be legit. I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to say he's playing better now. He has to put it together for a full season for me to even think about that. No, I, I, I'll say you got to give me six more games like that, and I'll believe that you have potential. I'll tell you one thing though. These saints were not a part of the many saints of Newark. What the, fucking what the fuck? That was my uh, little boomer impression oh, there. Oh my god! And making a reference. What to are we firing? Saints of Newark. What are we? Yeah. Fi- when are we firing Nate into the sun again? Well, every other week, as he takes PTO, that we don't give. <laughs> so. <laughs> Quit I've never abusing. seen somebody get so much PTO at a job that doesn't pay him. Quit abusing our lack of PTO, Nate. Uh, you know what, guys? Until the day comes that you print me a check and hand me one, oh, so Nate's, I'll take as much PTO as so I Nate, want. Nate's not all in. Everybody check uh, LinkedIn and Indeed. We're looking for a stats guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can, we, can we post an ad on OnlyFans, too, for once? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's hop over to the game that I know Sky cares about, but... If you're a neutral fan, this game wasn't worth watching for two seconds, to be honest. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns defeated the Minnesota Vikings 14-7. Suck it, Kirk. In a game that they should bury in the vault and not even watch film on. Um, yeah, the quarterbacks played terribly. Uh, Kirk, Baker, Baker was bad. Kirk was 20 of 38, 203, 1-1. One one. Baker was 15 of 33 with 155 and nothing on the board uh, in terms of touchdowns and picks. Um, 
Chubb had 100 yards on the ground, no touchdowns. Hunt had 69 yards on the ground. Nice. And one rushing touchdown, so that was, you know, solid day out of the backs. Um, Minnesota couldn't run the ball worth shit. This game was not fun to watch. I mean, there was an early touchdown by Thielen. No, it was ugly. The Browns went for it inside the 10 twice on fourth down in the first half, got nothing. Um, I've, had, I've had Sunday golf tournaments keep me more away yes. than this game. It, it really, there wasn't I've a lot. shitty drunken hand jobs better than that. It's probably true, but at least with a shitty drunken hand job, you had a good night. I don't think anybody had a good time watching this game. Well, waking up with blue balls feels about how it did to watch the game. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Very, very true. Yeah, the Browns scored, uh, what, yeah, one touchdown, went for two, got it because of a stupid penalty by the Vikings, and then they kicked yep. up field goals. Yeah, that's really it all was, I got to say. Really all I got to say. An, it was an ugly football game. Once how again, about, how about this? The Browns had a good defensive day. They had, I think, they only had one, one or two sacks. It wasn't the big sack fest. But I think our defense is starting to come alive. It was no Turkish bathhouse like they had against yeah, Justin Fields. But out. how about a game of uh, QBRs with Baker Mayfield of fifty nine point five and Kirk Cousins of sixty six point zero? They both failed. That just that just tells you how this. It was a cripple game. fight. Oh. <sighs> it was. I mean, that that, that game did not. Keep anybody entertained whatsoever. Not even but a little bit. The Browns are three and one, so good for them. Let's come over to the Lions Bears. I'm gonna dive into the stats on this. I just wanted to give a quick shout out. Jay Fields, baby. We're all Buckeye yes. fans, as you know, to this point. Justin Fields got his first win, 24-14. David, good for him. David Honestly, Mo- good for him. David he Mo- deserves it after last week. He has a great connection with Mooney on that team, too. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery <laughs> had a couple rushing touchdowns. Really, the rest of the game is kind of pedestrian. Matt Nagy, you still deserve to lose to lose your job. A thousand percent. But we wanted to give a shout out there. Sorry to you Lions fans that listen. 0-4 is not fun. Um, you guys are a lot better than 0-4. You really are. Yeah, that, well, yeah. You guys have been effed in the A many a time. Yes. Tis, what, tis, tis, the Ravens? The of, tis the story of Detroit, though. Yeah. That's what they're well, like. All seven people that live there are probably really upset right now. <laughs> and all one person that listens to podcasts? Yeah. Um, if any of them. Let's hop over. The Bills dropped a 40-burger on the hapless Texans who... Went out there and jerked their fucking drawers down at midfield. Didn't even score at all. Josh Allen, 248 yards, two touchdowns. Oh, good. That's what they get for having Deshaun Watson on the Digs, Diggs, seven for 114. Davis Mills threw a lot of picks for the Texans. It was not a good day for the Houston Texans. Him and that long neck, boy. Yeah, it really not a whole looking lot. Like, looking like Littlefoot hey, from fucking land before time. I do want to point out real quick that uh, Mitchell Trubisky probably had the highest QBR of his career today, or uh, yesterday, at 100. He had a QBR of 100. He went one That's for his one. highest ever? Probably. Probably. One for one for eight yards. Got to quit kissing titties. Never, ever stop kissing titties. Well, Never. until your QBR clears 120, you don't get to kiss any titties. How about that? Goddamn good year. Josh Allen's didn't clear 120. He was 103. Well, he still gets to kiss titties because he's not Mitch Trubisky. I mean. You know what, Nate? What, you stay on your side of the desk, all right? Spot the lie. Drink that. You drink don't your you dare. Don't you, you dare. drink your brew dog you Elvis face. juice. You shut your face when you talk to me. You drink your uh, Elvis juice by brew dog. If I wanted brew to hear you talk, us. I'd shove my hand up your ass and work your mouth like a puppet. All right, all right. Erotic all right. scenes. I'm over here trying to do free advertising and you're fucking it up. Yeah, we're trying to get we're trying to, trying to get sponsors, Nate. You're just over here quoting movies. So, yet again, shout out to Brew Dog. This yes. delicious Elvis juice that we've been drinking. Tasty. Elvis juice. It'll get you drunk. Um, It'll get your wife to show us your tits. Yeah, speaking, <laughs> speaking of drunk, uh, the Indianapolis Colts decided to stay sober for this game. Finally won for the first time this year, 27-17 over the Jacoby Brissett-led Dolphins. Carson Wentz, two passing touchdowns, 228 yards in the air. Um, not really a great offensive day. In fact, the Dolphins only how had... Many, how many shattered ankles? Uh, well, he's playing on two sprained ankles, so, I mean, good for him for even being able to stand up and throw the ball. The Dolphins had 203 yards of offense. That's pretty much all you need to know about how this game went. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean, not a not a great showing, but hey, the Colts are off the Schneid. They're one and three. That's got to feel good for you know the Indianapolis fans. What is this off the Schneid thing? I like it. What is this off the Schneid? I don't know. It's like a, just a generic turn of phrase. It's like always sunny when he's like, you, "You've been saying this word a lot," and I gotta say, I I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you're winless. Like if a team's zero and three, zero and four, and they finally win, you're like, "Oh, they're off the Schneid." Like I don't know. It's something I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna start using that. That's, yeah, that's, a I one. like that. It's a fun one. So shout out to the Colts. Uh, they deserve to finally get a win. Let's hop over to the Seahawks-Niners game. Very good game. The Seahawks had a rough game against Minnesota in Week 3. They bounced back well to get a 28-21 win. Uh, either one of you guys watch any of the game? Um, I did not. I caught a couple of the highlights, but... Yeah. I mean, dude, by the time... Dude, I barely remember the fourth quarter of the Browns game. It's fair. I was with you. Yeah, I, I'm... 
I was long gone. Yeah, Russell didn't have his best <clears throat> day by any means um, in terms of Gotti Seems numbers. Seems to be going that way lately. 16 to 23 for a buck 49, a couple touchdowns. Uh, Trey Lance came in for Garoppolo. Uh, Garoppolo was whatever, but Trey threw a couple touchdowns, but he was 9 of 18. So much like his preseason, his completion percentage isn't quite there yet, but he's putting up, you know. You see flashes of greatness, though. Yeah, and I, really the only good running back in this game in terms of stats was Trey Sermon, 19 of 89, so good for him. Yeah. But um, you get used to it, because you know why? Because you cannot trust the San Francisco backfield. They go multiple backs. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got uh, what's-his-nuts. McKissick. No, not no. McKissick. They're no, uh, the Chiefs. They've got yeah, yeah, uh, right. Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, I think it is. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell's you have coming back. Trey Sermon. Yeah, and then you um, have Jermichael Hasty, And mm-hmm. then Raheem, uh, Raheem Mostert comes back eventually. Well, he's we, not coming back this year. He's, he's done for the year. Oh, I didn't say yeah, that. He's, he, yeah, he's he, done for yeah, the year. He, had, he elected to have season-ending surgery. Cool. Good for him. Extend that career. At least he doesn't play for the Buffalo Sabres because they wouldn't let that happen. We will get there, too, and that is a fucking shit. This whole episode is going to be called foreshadowing. Pretty much foreskinning. For, yeah. All right. Brian, foreskinning is the name of this episode. Foreskinning. It could be. Foreskimming the top. No, I like foreskinning. Bad gambling podcast. And moving forward. And to the only undefeated team left in the National Football League. K-1, baby. K-1, dude. The Cardinals won. They and they didn't just beat the Rams. I mean, they, they took them to they, the woodshed. Yeah, they shellacked them. 37-20. to uh, It's a great showing against that Rams team. Um, Kyler Murray, 268 yards, a couple touchdowns. I think the big story in this game, truthfully... Uh, for either team in terms of offense, was Chase Edmonds had 12 carries for 120 yards. That was mm-hmm. the X factor for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, he, fi- he finally had a really solid game. Yeah, and they are 4 0. Like I said, they're the uh, only team left before those and 72 then, Dolphins can crack the champagne. And then how pissed How pissed do you think fantasy owners were when James Connors stole two, like took two of the rushing touchdowns? Oh, yeah, of course. I, I mean, mean I was cool because I had him. James, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Chase, yeah, James Connor or uh, Chase Edmonds, 12 for 120, no touchdowns, but James Connor, 18 for 50, and two <clears throat> touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's always, it's like Michael Bush. Yeah, 30 points, baby. It's like nobody cares about your fantasy team. Nobody cares about your fantasy team. Uh, it's, your mom cares about my it's fantasy a lot, team. It's a lot like those old Bears teams where Matt Forte would get him down to the end zone and then Michael Bush would come in would pound it in. in. Yeah. Or like Jerome Bettis at the end of his career. And it's like... Phil knows all about pounding it in. Touchdown. Not right, ladies. Here at Small Market Insecurities, we take tight ends and make them wide receivers. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> cut that. No, you definitely leave that one in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, good good for the Cardinals. I mean, they look like a hot team. And I'll kick it over to you, Sky. Is Kyler Murray the MVP right now? Yeah, without a doubt. Cool. Dead front runner. Without a doubt. Sorry to my boy Aaron Rodgers. I know I called him to uh, be the MVP this year, but well, it's looking like Kyler. His, his first game would keep him out. He needs a couple more games to get back in because that first yeah. game was abysmal. Kyler, Kyler is looking like, what is it, American Vandal, Mr. Untouchable? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's, he's, he's killing it. Speaking of mid the Rodgers. Mid the Rodgers. We're going to hop over to this Packers-Steelers game. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers he didn't really have that good of a game. He was, by his standards, 20 of 36, 248, a couple touchdowns. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We could talk about the Packers. I mean, this is kind of what we expected. The storyline here, once again, is the hapless Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I mean. <laughs> it is a fucking a lot, shit show. Excuse me. May I, gentlemen? You may. I don't know. You've been interjecting, you know, on everything else to, to overrun the statistics today. Like, it's your job. It is his job, actually, if I, I do recall. I know. That's why I'm fucking with him. <laughs> that's why you hired me. But if I may interject. <laughs> what do you mean? We don't pay you anything. <laughs> we, we, we pay him in hand jobs. No, I'm just fucking with you. Just Anesthesia hand jobs. OTPHJ. No, no. We just put you under anesthesia OT, and jerk you off. Wait. OBJHJ? No. No. OTP OBJ? OBJ. It, over the pants, over blowjob? Over the pants, Odo Beckham Jr.? Well, nobody's shitting on anybody here, but we could. Anyway, come out the attic. But the actually, I'm going to take a second to shit on Mr. Ben Roethlisberger real quick here. You piece of shit. Why did you come back? Why did you have to come back? You could have just stayed, you could have left, could have been done, but no. You said, I'm going to help the team by being a wasteless, non moving, can't throw the ball ass motherfucker. And he's got Why? hip problems now. You, God, just die already. I'm, gonna, I'm ready to poke you with a stick and say, do something. <laughs> do, go ahead, dance. He's poked enough people with a stick. Maybe it's time for him to take <sighs> one. Sing! Aloud! Getting rowdy in the bathroom. <laughs> I, will, I will allow it. 
How about you get Rowdy on the field, not the bathroom stall? How about God, that? I'd rather him be off getting arrested for that shit now. Finally, just get go. off the teenagers. Just get out of. Just get out of our team. No, but man. I mean, this team is. It's because of Ben Roethlisberger. This Roth, or this offense cannot function with a quarterback. That can't throw it more than eight yards down the field. Dude, I mean, you saw him last week when he fucking tried to roll out and throw. He fucking slipped. Yeah. He's trapped. He it, can't move. As much as I hate Ben Roethlisberger, it sucks seeing one of the grades go out this bad. But, I mean, this dude is down hellaciously. This makes the way Peyton Manning went out look, look really good. Look, Well, Peyton did go out in honorable way. He did win a goddamn Super Bowl. Yeah. But it makes the play on the field, it makes Peyton look like Drew Brees, you know, yeah. in the mid-2000s. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it makes him look like Tommy Dinkin and Duncan for the Patriots he's, right now. Yeah, like, he's sullying every aspect of his career at this point. No, he's going to ruin his whole, he's going to ruin his legacy. Well, his, well what's left of I, it after I, the I, I, I think people will give him a pass on this year and look back on the good times. But, Nate, we're going to ask you, obviously. Yeah, about the cousin-kissing assholes. Nate, sure. I'm going to ask you, uh, how many more games do you give Big Ben? And not not what you would do, what you think the organization will do before they either – he gets some bogus injury, you know, sore elbow, sore shoulder, whatever. Well, or already, Well, we're already working on that. He's got some hips and we got some pecs that are that are not looking great. How much, I mean, how much longer? I'm looking I'm, – I'm taking a look at the schedule right here. Let's see. I mean, I've got – See, they're at home against Denver. Home. If I may interject, I don't. I think he. I think they'll let him finish the season out. I think they will too. I really think they're going to let him finish. If the season. they're out of the playoff race by week twelve or thirteen, I would literally go to a two quarterback system and let. They're and not. Let, going, but they're not going to. No, if they're out of the playoff race. They're just going to let him run it, and then he's going to retire after the season. I'm, I still think they should bench him at the end of the year and let Mason and Dwayne kind of be the one-two. Like, if you want to give him alternating games or whatever, because they're listen to this. Listen they're probably not going to win you a game, so your draft stock won't take that much. So, of a hit. so that's fair. So listen to this. Okay, so here's how their schedule, their remaining, their remaining schedule for the year. So you've got at home against Denver, home against Seattle, then bye. Then you're at Cleveland, home against Chicago, home against Detroit, and then here's where I think it all goes downhill. You're at the LA Chargers, at Cincinnati, home against Baltimore, at Minnesota, at or home against Tennessee, at Kansas City. I can see them losing six in a row right there. Home at or. Uh, at Kansas City, home against Cleveland, at Baltimore. That's like eight straight losses at the end of the year, probably. No, the only team they Could have be. the only team they have a fair chance of beating, I think, is the Vikings. Out of, that, out of even, all those names you just the Vikings, said, the Lions, but the Vikings defense is good. I think it's the offense. I think we could, I think we could get a home against the Lions, and then at, and then the Chicago Bears is Monday night. So I think we might be able to get a Monday. Night. Uh, I think I we do. Could, I don't, honestly, I don't the Vikings know. game will depend on how healthy Dalvin Cook is. I think if Dalvin Cook was healthy last week against Cleveland. That game might might have you know flipped the favor just based on the way Baker played, but yeah, Baker was atrocious. But Dalvin's Dalvin could play, but he wasn't super healthy. But Nate, obviously, you're the resident Steelers fan, so I wanted to get your opinion because I think it holds the most yeah, you the most weight in this conversation. I mean, honestly, I if you're asking me as a fan, what I would hope to happen is I'd hope by after the bye week we've seen enough of Ben Roethlisberger and we start to say okay. You know that's enough. You're done. You know let's let's start to see what Mason and what well, I would I would rather see Dwayne and not even not, rather, not even from an Ohio State fan perspective. No, I'd you know what Mason is because he's had some time. I know yeah. it's it's what can Dwayne do with this team? That's Here's my thing. Would, Here's my I thing. Say. Absolutely, I would. Yeah. Say, I want to see Dwayne. Let me ask you something. So in a perfect world, at least from the outside looking in, I think your perfect situation is you bench Ben ASAP, and I think. You say fuck Mason Rudolph. I think you put Dwayne out there for a couple games, see what he does. That's yes, that's my. And if he doesn't hit the marks, your first pick in the next draft better be a fucking quarterback. Also, who's who's the practice? Who's the practice? I think that's who's the practice squad quarterback. Is it Josh Dobbs? Josh Dobbs. Let him go back in and play then. Honestly, anyone. I think he's better than Haskins and Rudolph. Because I think Rudolph. I mean Rudolph. All he's done is sat here and study in this system. I mean, they they released him one time. They released him one time and went to Jacksonville. Went to Jacksonville. But then he came right back. Yeah, was for one season. But he's also he's also like a. Era physicist or some shit like that. He's a genius. Yes, yeah, and he's been sitting there so, reading that fucking playbook for yeah. years now. So I, it'll I think, be. I think he's your best bet at your next start. I think so. It'll be interesting to see what they end up doing. But let's let's hop over real quick to the Ravens Broncos game. Mm-hmm. Not a lot to talk about here, only because Teddy Bridgewater went out and Drew Luck went in. So Drew Locke, sorry. 
So not Duke can wrap some Jeezy, but he can't really play quarterback. Yeah, I mean the Ravens won twenty three to seven, kind of what we expected to go well, into the for, game. Twelve for twenty one, one thirteen, one interception, QBR fifty two point three. Like I've said, Drew better QBR than Baker. Better QBR than Baker this week. Baker's gonna well, step it up. The Ravens, uh, Lamar had three sixteen in a touchdown, first three hundred yard game by the way in a long time, if not ever. And then uh, Hollywood Brown uh, decided... He hangs around like the 270 mark usually. He doesn't have to. They run the ball so well. Yeah. But uh, Hollywood Brown, 4 for 91, got in the end zone. So that was pretty much the story of that game. The Broncos offense was kind of lifeless. The Ravens took it. I mean, the Ravens didn't have to do a whole lot in this game. They scored 17 points in the second quarter and just kind of coasted the rest of the way. Because yeah. once Drew Locke came in, I think you kind of knew with a 10-point lead, you're probably pretty safe. Yeah. So shout out to the Ravens. They're 3-1 and one as well. And let's go to the last game of the week we're going to talk about. i got to get it pulled up here. Well, Raiders Bolts. Yeah, Raiders Bolts. Uh, uh, Ra- yeah, the little Chargers. No, yeah, Bolts. Yeah, no, I'm saying the Chargers won 28-14. Yeah. Um, Herbert had a nice game. Justin Herbert looked really good. Once again. We are a pro Justin Herbert podcast. We are, we are, we, yeah, we, we, we are a Justin Herbert home in this I, house. I did. I actually, I was at lunch today, <clears throat> and I saw on our least favorite place, Espen, I saw a little mm. statistic that said, uh, in franchise history, the Chargers had three times have had a quarterback go three touchdowns and zero interceptions in their first three games. Like of the season, yeah, and twice it's been Justin Herbert in his first two seasons. Yeah, the other one, what Philip Rivers probably. Or yeah, Phil yeah. Rivers yeah. did it once, and then I I, I didn't see. I didn't Herbert did it twice. Austin Eckler had a nice game too. Fifteen carries, yeah, 117 he, yards, and a touchdown. So he popped off a little bit, and then uh, three catches for 28 yards and a touchdown too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah. nice day if you had Austin Eckler in fantasy or even daily fantasy. Good for you. You probably won that matchup. So that's pretty much what we got for the NFL, you know, wrap-up portion of this podcast. We do have to hop into one more thing, though, guys. Urban Meyer. What uh, a – and as the Jags fan, let me let me go off here a little bit, if you guys don't mind. Oh, I yeah, give you, you have the floor. So I don't talk about the Jags a lot on here because they've never given me a lot to talk about. And going into the season, my expectations were low. They just did, though, buddy. They just did. And uh, assuming you've all seen it at this point because the memes are out of control, <laughs> um, Urban Meyer decided to, one, not fly back with the team this week, which is unprecedented. Big and mistake. He, and then he decided to go to his own uh, – he has a pint house and a chop house here in Columbus – um, and he, he goes, great food, great service. And he gets mistake number one and he gets absolutely belligerently drunk. And I don't know if he, I mean, first of all, mistake when, number two. when you're famous, you get the private room and you have everybody <laughs> sign an NDA when they come in there and they're not allowed to take pictures on their phone. Yeah. He had too many Tito's grapefruits. Uh, that uh, I saw a tweet. It said that was dark liquor behavior. So I'm going to go with whiskey or bourbon. No, I'm telling mistake you right now, three. like I, he, I, he used to be in my regular food hall. That's all he drinks is Tito's grapefruit. Fair enough. So I just I, I thought that was so funny, but I want to say as a Jaguars fan, now this is a shit Imagine show. Imagine off the henny. They had they had him uh, go into for a meeting today with Shahid <laughs> Khan, and basically you know it almost like Urban wants to get fired. Honestly, the way he acts, they didn't fire him. They said they had words that they're not going to share. And that they're going to work on the behavior. There's no way that locker room respects him. To be a fly on the wall in that meeting. Oh, my God. Uh, there's no way the locker room respects him. The problem is there's no one better to hire right now. They're 0-4. They just almost beat the first place Cincinnati Bengals. So maybe things are different if they win that game. I don't know. Um, I, I just mm-hmm. think the Jaguars are in shambles right now. Um, I, I will go out and say they are the worst-run franchise in the NFL at this I, moment. Well, I think, if I may interject real fast, I, I think the problem here is that you hired, you brought in a rookie quarterback with a rookie NFL coach. Yeah. I think that was, I think that was the kiss of death to the team. Hey, did you guys, did you hear about the uh, the tweet thread from Michael Silver today? Oh, yeah, that was, that was, yeah. So, I didn't catch it. Okay, so real quick, I'll, I'll run through it real quick. So, Michael Silver, very respected uh, NFL journalist. He's been yeah. around for a long time. So, here is a little five-tweet thread that he put out. Uh, number one, the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville has reached a crisis point, especially in the locker room. One player told me, he has zero credibility in that stadium. He has in he had very little to begin with. Yeah. Tweet number two. Players were particularly put off by the fact that Meyer canceled Monday's team meeting as he dealt with the uproar over the videos of him and a young woman getting cozy in that Ohio bar. Quote, he even canceled the team meeting. He was too scared, a player said. Number, yeah. number three. Instead, Meyer only apologized to position groups individually. 
He portrayed the woman in the video as a random person who was just there dancing. Suffice to say, his audience was skeptical. Mm -hmm. Tweet 4. Said one player, we looked at him like, what the fuck? Right when, he, right when he left, everyone started dying laughing, and he knew it. Tweet 5. Bottom line, said the player, it's bad. I don't know how he's going to function. Yeah, that's not good. No, nope, it's not. The, the Jags need to... <sighs> Urban should just resign, in my opinion. Do it gracefully. Resign. Stay home. Deal with your shit, whatever it may be. Whatever's going on at home. You're Come back have, up to Ohio and finger bang 25-year-olds, man. You're no. going to have to, honestly, dude, you're, he's going to have the excuse of, I need to I need to take care of my personal life. My personal life needs my attention. He's going to have that. But how many times have I'm we calling, heard that I'm him? calling it right now. This is what's going to happen. Ed Orgeron is going to get fired at the end of the year, and Urban's going to take the LSU job. Mm. Yes, and this is why. Louisiana has no, you know, Louisiana is a red state, so the taxes are low. He can still live in Florida, no problem. Fly back and forth. LSU does not care where you own your house. It does not have to be in Baton Rouge. He can live wherever he wants, unlike Texas, that was going to make him live within the Austin city limits. Yeah. He'll do whatever he wants. And side sidebar, I think Ed Orgeron is terribly overrated. I think he caught lightning in a bottle with an incredible team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, led, by Joe, yeah. led, by, led by Joe Burrow. Because well, he was at USC for a while, wasn't he? And they were abysmal. And they were abysmal. It was terrible. Yeah. So yeah. I think they're going to fire Coach O at the end of the year, or he may resign because obviously they're not playing up to their standards. Um, I was watching the end of their game with Auburn this weekend, and they have some left-handed quarterback running around like a chicken with his head cut off, throwing footballs up like Steve Belisari used to do for the Buckeyes. Mm -hmm. So, no, I don't think Ed Orgeron survives the year. He has this little Brandon shtick, but like I don't, you know, no, dude, he's he's done. He, I agree, and the sad thing is he's two years removed from a national title, but I think that national title is solely because he caught lightning in a bottle. Well, much like much like much like Gus Malzahn did with Auburn and Cam yeah. Newton, mm -hmm. yeah, that's who he is. And Gus Malzahn is now at UCF, yeah. so I think Ed Orgeron would be better off at like a Memphis or whatever, because he can do whatever he wants with that program, and as long as you make a bowl game and compete in the American okay, Conference, you're fine. Something like that. Now it's, it's interesting because uh, I was listening to ninety-seven one the fan today and uh shout sir, out our local yeah our local affiliate our local, our local affiliate and uh sir Bo bishop and james laurinaitis went on a little uh, spiel today about luke fickle and they were saying that lsu would be a good possible fit we're gonna hop over now to one quick football game that we talked about last week and i will eat the crow saying i thought they might cover but that's okay because i'm proud of him anyways luke fickle led uc bearcats went into south bend and man i'll tell you what the first half they dominated I said last week on the pod, I did say, if Notre Dame gets, you know, stays in the game, they need a big turnover. And they had a strip sack that they were turned down uh, inside UC's like 25-yard line and ended up uh, punching it in. They got all the way to 17-13, did Notre Dame, before they missed an extra point. And then Desmond Ritter decided to put his cock on the table, drove down the field, gave the Bearcats 24-13 lead, and that's what they finished. That was the final score. Um was UC went in there and won by 11. And honestly, it was very impressive. They're up to number five this week in the polls, I think is fair. Um, ahead of them is just Bama, Georgia, Iowa, and Penn State. And yeah. I think those four teams deserve it. They have maybe, a, you could argue, a better win than UC so far. But UC's been a top five team so far this year for sure oh, yeah. in terms of their performance. Um, we wanted to give them a quick shout-out. Sky, I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the game or the highlights, but uh, what was the most impressive thing uh, in that game for you? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily like any specific play that sticks out to me. It's more of the fact that they went into South Bend, a team that, you know, historically has been like, yeah, we, we're going to overlook them. They made $1.2 million to do it, too. Yeah. Notre Dame paid them $1.2 million to go in there and fucking spank their cheeks at they, their home stadium. They sure did. Um, and won me 20 bucks on a bet. Shout out to UC and Luke Fickle. I appreciate it. Desmond Ritter, 19 of 32, 297 yards, two touchdowns. Got to talk about him for the Heisman right now. Well, we said last week that if he if he goes in there and puts up numbers and they win, he's got to be in the conversation. He absolutely does. Yeah, and um, I think he is. The big thing for me for Notre Dame, one, they can't run the ball worse shit. They knew, we knew that going into the game. That was, you know, it rang true throughout the game as well. They played three quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing for me with Notre Dame is they don't know who the starter is right now. Yep. They always go with Jack Cohn, but they rotate into other guys. And, um, Drew Pine is the other guy. Yeah, he, he came up decent he, numbers. And it was funny at halftime. I was looking over my our buddy Pete, who's been on the podcast. Shout out to Pete. Um, 
I said at halftime, like, they're going to go with that kid that came in and beat Wisconsin. Yeah. And they did. Mm-hmm. He ended the game 9 of 22 for 143 yards and a touchdown. So not that good completion percentage-wise, but still went in there and did more than the other two quarterbacks did in the first Put half. six on the board. Yeah. So uh, we just wanted to give a quick shout-out to UC. It's a great win for them. Um, we did talk about previously uh, how we thought Luke Fickle would be a good fit at LSU. Yep. That's an interesting topic. We could hop into that during our college football roundtable if Ed Orgeron does decide – to leave, or if he gets you know asked to go, I think it'd be a mutual parting of ways just because yeah. he won a national title two years ago, and I think that'd be the honorable thing to do. But we'll see what they end up doing. But shout out to UC. Um, based on the intro music we had this week, we're going to transition over. <clears throat> oh, baseball. It is time to talk about postseason baseball. Tomorrow night, we have the St. Louis Cardinals playing the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's going to be a bloodbath. It is going to be a bloodbath. Dodgers are going to slaughter them. I think so, too. And uh, the pitching matchup. You got Max Scherzer, Mad Max, against Adam Wainwright. And I wasn't aware of this. I guess I didn't realize how the season went. Wayno has been up and down. I mean, in 2017, he had an over 5 ERA. This year, Wayno, 305 ERA and 206 innings pitched. An ERA plus of 127, with which in you know, a league average is 100. So that's very impressive for yeah, Adam Wainwright. not bad at all. No. Um, hit a whip. Walks and hits per innings pitched. A very good metric to determine how good a pitcher is. 1.057. So essentially one base runner per inning in 206 innings. So I'll take it. And he's got a filthy Uncle Charlie. That's his thing is his, his curveball. <laughs> filthy Uncle Charlie. Yeah, not the one that touches you in the closet. The one that buckles hitters <laughs> at the plate. So that'll be interesting to see tomorrow. Um, I'm pulling it up here. Yeah, hey, by the way, his Twitter handle is at UncleCharlie50. That's, That's awesome. how good his, That's his curveball awesome. is. Speaking of Twitter, once again, a reminder to follow us on Twitter at SmallMarketINS. We are on TikTok and Instagram, too, Small Market Insecurities. Make fun of us. Let us know what we could do better. Um, if you have topics you want to discuss, please let us know. We're happy to do it. Every Tuesday when we record, we I always tweet out that we're going to do um, a Q&A session. So by all means, send us questions. Um, we'd love to answer them on the podcast. We will obviously shout out your social media as well based on the platform that you submit the question on. So please yep. do that. We are looking forward to it. Um, it's Yeah, it's funny. So they've met in the postseason a bunch. 04 NLDS, 2013 LCS, 2014 NLDS. Um, and the Dodgers won the 09 NLDS. So they've already met four times in postseason in this de- in this millennium, which is in- yeah. impressive. Um, the Dodgers ended the season 106 and 56, 16 games ahead of the Cardinals, and 23 games ahead of the next best wildcard team. <laughs> well, it's just because the Giants decided to have a great year and won 108 games. That's why yeah. they came in, in second place. Um the Cardinals were basically dead in the water, and they reeled off 17 straight wins in September. Ended up snagging that second wild card spot with like five games left. So well, nobody wanted it really. No, it's that devil match that the Cardinals pull off, but they do it all the time. Um, the game's at eight o'clock tomorrow night. Be sure to tune in. It'll be interesting to see how the game is approached from a pitching standpoint. The Cardinals bullpen wasn't that great this year for the majority of the year, and I'd be surprised if the Dodgers. I mean, let's say Mad Max goes six innings. Do you bring in Kershaw to finish the game to make sure you win if it's yeah, close? Kill shot. You know, I mean, they have Kenley Jansen in the back end who's good. Their bullpen is good. Obviously, you don't win. I mean, Walker Bueller. Yeah, Walker Bueller could come in there and pitch. Like, you don't get there with a shitty bullpen. Yeah. You don't win 106 games with a, with a below average bullpen. So, that'll be a fun watch tomorrow. Uh, make sure you tune into that because those one gamers, man, they're fucking nuts. You. Oh, it's a slugfest. It, it, It'll be bedlam. It will be bedlam. It'll be, it's an, you know, the NFL version of, a, of an NFL postseason game. Yeah. Anything can happen in nine plus innings. One shot, do not get your chance to blow. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be fun tomorrow. Um, let's hop back over. There are some good postseason matchups as well. Let's start off uh, in the NLDS. You will have the Giants playing the winner of that game. So we'll talk about that later, depending on who wins. But I do want to go into the Brewers against the Braves. The Braves ended the year at 88-73. The Brewers won 93 games this year. Um, I like the Brewers in the series. Their pitching's been really good. Corbin Burns could mm-hmm. easily win the NL Cy Young. Um, the back end of that bullpen, I don't know if Devin Williams is going to be healthy for the Brewers because he broke his hand because he got pissed and punched well, the ball. Well, it be, what, game time? Probably. And then they end the game with Josh Hader, who is a madman out of the – out of the Brewers' bullpen, he'll go two winnings if he has to in any, any given game. Yeah. Um, I think in a five-game series, I think the Brewers probably win it in four. The Brewers are like a machine. Just a well-oiled machine. They've done it all year. Yeah. They're just consistent. Yeah. 
They've done it all year. They've had a solid offense. Willie Adamas was a godsend to them um, in the trade with the Tampa Bay Rays in May. He came in and played a great shortstop. Um, Christian Yelich didn't have a great year, but he's still a very good player. Lorenzo Cain, same thing. Uh, very good player as well. Um, they've rotated around at first at first base. Um, I do love their first baseman. His name is Rowdy Tellez right now. I think it's a great name. Oh, that's awesome. And he's like a bulky guy too, so he definitely looks like the kind of guy that you know you toss like you toss like a beard. So it's like that scene in old school where like Will Ferrell's like, I'll do I'll do one I'll do one. I'll do one, and he like funnels the Fosters in eight tenths of a second. Once it hits your lips, it it's tastes so, so good. We're going streaking through the courtyard. Hey, but, hey you think KFC still open? I think KFC yeah, is that his wife picks him up, and everyone's like, look out there, Frank. Look out there, Frank. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be fun to see that. That'll be a good series. Um, I know those start at like four o'clock Central Time, so. Yeah. It'll be, you know, 4 o'clock Eastern time. I can't remember what the stats said, but either way. Um, 4 Central, 6 Eastern. It would be 5 Eastern. They're, five. Yeah, they're an yeah, hour, Eastern, they're an hour yeah. behind us. But either way, if you're still working from home or you get off work a little early, flip that on. Make sure you tune into that. That'll be a fun series to watch. Um, yeah. I, does anybody think any differently than the Brewers win that series? I say Brewers in four. Uh, does anybody think they sweep or win in five? Or is anybody giving any credit to the Braves? I know Adam Duvall. I think you got some numbers in front of you, Nate. Adam Duvall had a great year for the Braves. Obscure former Red. Well, he was a... All star with the Reds, but they basically traded him for peanuts. And yeah. he was with Miami, and they got traded back to the Braves this year, and he put up some great numbers. So <clears throat> my voice just came out there. All right, so I got the potential Braves roster pulled up here, and it says on the infield. I mean, they have MVP Freddie Freeman, Ozzy Albie's great second baseman for them. Dancy Swanson's always a solid shortstop. Austin Riley ranks at third base. Fun matchup, um, solid pitching matchup. I wouldn't say I, w- I would obviously give the edge to the Brewers in pitching. Um, the Braves will go probably Charlie Morton, Max Freed, and Ian Anderson in this series, and just kind of go back to Charlie Morton. There's a game four, a game five. Bullpen's okay. It's a bunch of guys you probably haven't heard of. So, like I said, Sky, what do you think? Do you think it's going to be Brewers in three, four, five, or do you think the Braves can pull it out? I think Brewers in four. Same. Makes I think they'll wear them down over over four games. Yeah. And I know uh, we're going to segment over to the ALDS, and this is going to piss everybody off. Chicago's not a small market. Mm. Fuck you. The White Sox are as small market as it gets when it comes to that city. Everybody's a Cubs fan there. Absolutely. Um, I love the White Sox roster. One of the craziest stat lines of the year, though, for me, this is bonkers, is Monty Grandal. He was hitting like a buck 80 for a long time. Ended 240 with a 420 on base and a 520 slugging. So he had 67 hits this year, and 32 of them went for extra bases. Nine doubles, 23 bombs. That is good and good for you. That's a lot of production out of the catcher spot. Um, Jose Abreu, former MVP at first base, 30 dingers, 117 knocked in. Solid player. They went out and acquired Cesar Hernandez from the Tribe. He'll be playing second base. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the guy I really love on this team, their outfield's okay. There's nothing to write home about there. They're all productive players. Um, Luis Robert hit 338 this year, so very good. Very good. But Tim Anderson is just all very good. Tim Anderson's just out of this team. At shortstop. Yeah. He's the fun young baseball, flips his bat, fuck you to the you know old heads or whatever you want to call yeah. them. I love it. So suck my balls through my draws. Amen. Um that's you know, that'll be it'll be fun to see how they uh how they match up with Houston. I don't want to talk about Houston because I hate them. Um away. I love the starting rotation though for the White Sox. They have Lucas Giolito, great fucking pitcher. Um it's funny, every starter except Keuchel had an under four ERA this year. Keuchel's still good. He, I mean, he's still Dallas Keuchel. But uh, Dylan Cease is a guy nobody talks about. Started 32 games, 165 innings, um, ERA plus of 111, um, whip of 1.249. Good player. Yeah. Um, I like FIP, fielding independent pitching. It takes a lot of things into, into consideration. Um, he was at a 3-4-1. So, um, Lance Lynn was an all-star, you know, he's had a resurgent year for them. 28 games started, um, a 161 ERA plus and a whip of barely over one, excuse me, but the unsung hero of this Sox staff is Carlos Rodon, someone that all tribe fans will know because yeah. he, he, he did no hit them. Rodon, 24 starts. He did spend some time on the DL, but 237 ERA and 132.2 innings pitched ERA plus of 183. A FIP of 265, which is astronomically low, but his whip was .957. Less than a batter inning got on base against Carlos Rodon this year. 
You love to see it. And you love their bullpen, too. And I really like Liam Hendricks as their closer. Pitched in 69 games this year. Nice. Nice. Um, ERA plus of 171. Now, a whip is a little different for me. It's weighted when it comes to bullpens because they only throw an inning maybe two tops. Yeah. So it's easier for them to dominate with one good pitch, a la a Mariano Rivera kind of guy. Uncle Charlie. No, he's a starter. But he did actually his first two years with the, with the Cardinals, he came out of the bullpen. That was like that old school, you have to earn yeah. your way into the rotation. Now, yeah. now you groom your best minor leaguers to be starters, and if they don't pan out, they go to the bullpen and they try to pitch there for as long as they can. Yeah. It's kind of reverse of what it used to be. Um, Liam Hendricks had a <laughs> a FIP of two thirty four and a whip of point seven three two. Jeez, uh, that is uh, strikeouts per nine. Take a guess for Liam Hendricks. Twelve. That's a good starter. The starters had twelve. He had fourteen point three. Jesus Christ! A, basically a batter and a half. Yeah. I, I mean, a batter and a half every inning. That's ridiculous. Dude's fucking dealing. Yeah. So, 38 saves. Um, actually, they only had like a handful of other guys with a save. They also, and I forgot to bring this up because he's not great anymore, but he could be a playoff ace, like an unsung sixth, seventh inning guy. Yeah. Craig Kimbrell. Might get to that. Yeah. So, I also like Ryan Tapera out of their bullpen, too. He's a very, very Hell productive. Yeah. Well, he had a 176 ERA plus. Ooh. Yeah. So. He's a little Makes older. Balls tingle a He's a little bit. older, but they acquired him this year, and yeah. So that's what we got um, <clears throat> in that series. I don't know, man. That's a tough series to. Re- I think it's going to go. I'm going to go Sox. You're going to go Sox in five. I'm going to say it because I hate Houston that much, but I think it'll go five games. No, I think it'll go. Five. I'm going to say Sox in five. It'll go. It'll it'll go all the way. Sox in five. It'll Sox be a dog. Five. It'll be a dog fight, but I think the Sox come out on top. Utter gonger. That's your term, not mine. Speaking of hockey lingo, we got we got to talk about this. We talked about Jack Eichel and how poorly the Buffalo Sabers treated him. Oh, last they week. absolutely fumbled Fucking it. Buffalo Sabers, they fumbled it. Buffalo, we still love you, but well, the way you we handled, the way you handled like Eichel, it. it's 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 been a it's been a shit show. So Robin Leonard is the starting attendee for the Las Vegas Golden Knights or Vegas Golden Knights. I don't like Las Vegas, but. He came out this week, and remember, they got rid of Marc-Andre Fleury. Marc-Andre Fleury's in Chicago. Um, they believe in Robin Leonard that much, and I, I honestly, I do too. Marc-Andre Fleury's got maybe a couple good years left, if that. Um, he's, he's getting up there. He's, what, early 30s? 37, probably. Is he late 30s? Yeah, he was there when the Pens won the Cup in 09. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's definitely in 35, 36, 37. He was the number one overall pick, too. So, yeah. he's been around for a while. He's definitely mid to late 30s, but Robin Leonard came out on Twitter. And he bashed. Absolutely lit them up. The Buffalo Sabres medical staff. I, this is a quote from Robin Leonard on Twitter. I've made crazy amounts of mistakes, but lying about what I've seen for 12 years is not one of them. I don't care what they say. I don't lie about these things. 100 emoji true. I'll keep going. I've stored stories for years. Watch now when NHL will try to cancel me. Good luck, whatever you lie about. Well, it must be a thing in Buffalo because, I mean, you saw the trainers handle Tyrod Taylor, punctured along, and then now they're doing this shit with Jack Eichel. I mean, the guy might have a point. Oh, I kind of want to stay on the topic of the well, Sabres. Well, the well yeah, I'm just saying, Tyrod like... Thing, the Tyrod thing was in L.A., not in Buffalo. He's had the problem ever, but I don't, I don't was want to... Was it? Guys, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about Tyrod's fucked up medical histories. <laughs> no, but that, I, I just want to correct him. No, I appreciate it. I, I don't, <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't want to correct me, Nate? Got oh, it. my God. Let's not go off on this, please. <laughs> um, and then Robin Leonard followed up with, Come up about me. I don't care. He has a meeting with the NHL scheduled. Um, basically, Leonard said that they fucked up his ankle while he was in Buffalo. The medical staff treated him terribly. And they, you know what the thing is? This is the kind of, I don't want to call him a whistleblower, but he is blowing the whistle right now. Well, yeah. on, and the other players have come out with medical issues as well. I'm not going to hop into all those because that, that would be an own segment in and of itself. Yeah. But... Whole episode devoted to uh, who the Buffalo Sabres have wronged. Not even just the Sabres, it's the league. But there's obviously a problem here. Robin Leonard is shedding light on the issue. Um, I'm sure they're going to try to silence him in some regard. Vegas is going to hate it. But I think the, I won't doubt it. I think the big problem here is clearly Buffalo has a problem. There needs to be an investigation into what Buffalo is doing up there medically because they have fumbled. They have fumbled. The Jack Eichel situation egregiously. I mean, this oh, is they fumbled the bag big time. It's it, what 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 big they've done. Time. But obviously, you know, Robin Leonard's coming out and saying that they fucked him up too. So 
So it leads me to a point, guys, and this is what I want to talk about. Players' rights for medical evaluations. They need to be able to seek an independent opinion away from the team. Well, the fact that the, the, fact that Whenever the staff they want, is right? telling him basically that he's not allowed to get the surgery because they don't deem it necessary, that's insane. Like, that's going to cause long-lasting issues with him. In the famous words of Andrew Brandt, former ESPN legal analyst, and I believe he's a professor now. Um, I could be wrong on that. Sorry, Andrew. You have great content. He always used to tweet, there will be lawyers. Yes. Boys, there will be lawyers. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, whatever money Eichel loses, they will try to recoup tenfold mm-hmm. from the franchise. Because, he, first of all, he deserves it. But if Leonard comes out and says this, this is going to open the floodgates to a lot of other players whether it be concussions, whether it's gonna it be, be... It's going to be like the, the hockey version of the Deshaun Watson thing. Where, like, once you, you have that snowball effect, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. And you're going to start hearing all these guys that are like, hey, I will, this, they fumbled my situation this way. Or, hey, they mishandled my shit this way. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, it only takes one. It's it a only good, takes one. It's a good thing the Bills are good because right now, to be a Sabres fan, I, I think they're the worst-run organization in the NHL right now, and it's kind of hard to argue against it. They're the Jaguars of the NHL. Right now, yeah. Yeah. I, I just I, I feel terrible for, for Jack Eichel and obviously these Robin Leonard comments. I mean this the thing is, this is very NBA to me. This is very TMZ. This if the if an NBA player said this, it's, I, yeah, it's it's it almost feels like it's got like a like a showbiz quality about it. I wouldn't be shocked. This is very on hockey and multiple different GMs and teams have come out and been like, Well, I don't like the way he's handling it. Well yeah, because you're traditional and that's not what hockey does. Yeah. I think the players deserve to have their voice heard. Obviously social media allows them a platform to do so. And to me, this is a good use of social media. Yeah. If Robin Leonard thinks there's that big of a cultural problem with the Buffalo Sabres, it needs to be investigated. And, be, and the reason the I... The does need to look into that. It'd be one thing if it was one guy in a one-off upset with the organization. That happens all the time. Shit happens. Guys get pissed. That's not the end of the world. You know, some guys are just upset about whatever their situation may be in a given place. Yeah. I think this, this carries a lot of onus. And I think Robin Leonard's comments provide enough circumstantial evidence for the Sabres to receive an investigation, both from the NHL and also from, uh, you know, a private investigation firm. I, I think it, it warrants that. Would you agree with that, uh, Nate? I mean, to a degree, yes. But then again, I mean, Robert or Robin Leonard hasn't played in Buffalo. So mm-hmm. then again, he, did he? Yeah, they, they're the ones that fucked him up. Oh, that's good. that's what he's claiming. He said his ankle was bad there. Oh, oh, okay, my bad. My yeah, bad. he he was the number one in Buffalo for a long time. Oh, okay. I, I'm sorry, mistaken. Then uh, you know, it's all right. No, we'll talk about like at, three this episode. Dude. Come, come at me on Twitter, but yeah, way, roast him. Yeah, come at me. Tag come him at, at Stack Guy Nate. You dumbass. Yeah, spit roast him. Instagram, Twitter. I'm spit roast him. I'll help. You trying to take him to France? Show him the Apple Tower. What do you think, Phil? Should we? What do you think, Sessie? How do you feel about a trip to Paris? You fucking wish. What do you think? Fight the pillow, lips. buddy. You fucking wish. This guy's going to drive. No. I hope you're flexible. In, in that case, then 100%. Yeah, the NHL needs to start looking into this because, and I mean. This is like the Invader Kane show. It warrants, an ex, it, it warrants an investigation. It does because there's obviously a problem here yeah. and it's it's pretty shocking. There's smoke, there's it's fire. Like I, it's like I said last week, you know, it's shocking that the same family that owns the Buffalo Bills is fucking up the Buffalo Sabres this bad, and that's a problem. And well, it's like we talked about last episode. Like I'm an Arsenal fan. Our owners are fucking us raw. It's because they only care about the Rams. Remember exactly. That's all they give a shit about. And it's the same thing in Buffalo. Speaking of uh, London-based uh, football clubs, I want to shout out Brentford. They once again won this weekend. They beat West Ham. They're in nice. seventh. They're a newly promoted side in seventh place. Going into this international break. Hey, that, that is definitely noteworthy. They had a nice draw with Liverpool, and then they came out and beat West Ham, who finished uh, in a European spot last year. They came in sixth, and they're in Europa League. So yeah. that's two great that's bad results for, for the Brentford Bees. So anybody who uh, supports the Brentford Bees out there, up the Mighty Bees. That was a great result. Just wanted to throw that in there real quick. I thought it was yeah, a fun, shout out to them. fun thing to go over. Um, I know we are getting used to uh, Nate's weekly parlays. Nate, do you have any parlays for us? I do, yes. Tell and, us how uh, to gamble. Well, and, you know, I'll first come out and say that last week's parlay, uh, if you bet it, did not do well. Uh, went one and four. I still have faith in you, Nate. Thanks. So what, what, I, think, I think you'll make it up over the next What, you're, what you're telling the loyal listeners is they need to fade you. No, they don't need to fade me because I'm coming back strong this week. Let's with, hear it, buddy. With a nice little five parlay. All right, let's have at it. So we're going to start off with Minnesota at home, minus seven against Detroit. 
I'm taking Minnesota, and I'm taking those points. Yeah. Minus seven. Absolutely. I kind of agree with that, just because the, no, Lions, sure. the Lions are in free fall, I think, right now. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, I, th- I think they've lost so many close games that they're just kind of... And they like, just, ah, they just lost at... They just lost at Chicago. Mm-hmm. You know, they took a loss to Justin Fields. I feel so like the guy that was be... sacked nine times the week before. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be a little beat up. And then I've got so we got the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Cleveland Browns are one and a half point dogs. I'm going to take those points. And I'm going to say this is either a one point game or the Cleveland Browns win. I'm going to take the Browns winning. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say either the Chargers win by one or the Browns are gonna win this game. That's what I'm saying. And no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, I got you. I, I, it's either I'm saying it's either. I think it's more likely the Browns. I think it's win. the Chargers by one or the Browns by one. Like it, it's really it's gonna be a close game. I, I, at least I'm hoping that Baker comes back from last week and is angry. I'll take the Browns of this too, and the only reason I'm saying it, I don't love trap like flying across country and playing a game. I think the Chargers playing on Monday night. Coming off a big win over a divisional team, they're poised for a they're letdown. That, they're going to have that over win two, hangover. After two big divisional wins. Yeah. yeah they're going to have that win hangover. Whether that whether that be a one-point win over the Browns, which, yeah, I could see them winning 28-27, you know, whatever. 31-30 on a last-second field goal. That, that would be fine. I, I could also see the Browns running the ball, controlling the clock. Baker plays a solid game. And the Browns win 21-17. I could see both. So, yeah, I like that. Nate, what's up next? Then I got Arizona... At home, minus five and a half, five and a half point favorites with San Francisco. I'm taking Arizona, and I'm laying those points, too. Arizona, I'm taking Arizona to roll, keep rolling. They're at home. You got San Francisco coming in. They're coming off a loss. They're riding the high. Yeah. I I think Arizona keeps rolling a little bit. No, I like that that pick. In a big divisional game, too. I'm taking Kyler. I'm taking Kyler and the boys, too. I'm not not betting against K1 right now. Yeah, no. Then, on Sunday Night Football, we have... The Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Buffalo, Buffalo is two and a half point dogs. I'm going to take those points. I'm going to say it's a. I'm going to say it's a little close. I'm taking the Chiefs. You're going to take the Chiefs. No, I'm, I'm with you, Nate. The I'm Chiefs. The Chiefs are the more desperate team. Right now, they're two and two. They're more desperate. They're a game behind the Chargers right now. It's at Arrowhead. I think Josh Allen and company can certainly win, and I love the Bills. I really do. They just had a cakewalk of a game against the Texans. They looked great. Their running game is good. Josh Allen will certainly put up numbers on this Chiefs defense. I, I just don't see Pat Mahomes at two and three. And I also I'm with you, Nate. I do. I don't see the Kansas City Chiefs. I, I think they're going to win this game like 35-28. Right. I, I, I really do. I, I think the Bills have a good defense. It's not great, but it's good right now. Obviously, a shutout's going to give them a lot of momentum going forward. Doesn't matter. See, I, 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 I like your the, score. The, the Josh Gordon, but I'm fact, going the opposite. I, I think, think it's Josh Bills Gordon, 35. The Josh Gordon factor could play into this game. You know, he's on the 53 man roster now. He got signed to the 53 man. Is roster he playing today. though? He'll play. He'll play. He'll play 15 to 20 plays, and they'll send him deep, and they'll be all worried about Tyreek, or they'll be all worried about Josh. Either way, someone's going to get open a lot, and I think it's going to open up the middle of the field for Travis Kelsey. And I think it's really going to open up the field for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to do his thing, whether it's on the ground or in the air. I think they also have Jarek McKinnon, and he's going to be an X-factor in this game, if healthy. It's also going to leave guys like Michael Hardman available to just torch you because they're going to be so worried about everyone else. But that Bills I think offense, the, but that Bills offense. I mean, granted, the, the, last two weeks, the last two weeks has been against Miami and uh, whoever they played this past week. Um, the Houston the Texans. Houston Texans. Yeah. I so, think Buffalo may be lulled into a false sense of security right now, and I think the Chiefs. They lost a tight game. I think the Bills prove it this week. All right. Well, if the Bills win this week, I think they could easily win the AFC. That's what I'm saying. AFC, I, I, no problem. I think the Bills are going to come out and prove it this week. And then I'll I would love to see the Bills do it. I just don't see it happening. I think the Chiefs win. Nate, I'm with you. I'm laying those okay. points. And then to finish it off, we got Baltimore at home on Monday Night Football against Indianapolis. Seven point favorites. I'm going to go ahead and lay those points. I'm yeah. going to take Baltimore by more than seven. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm going to take Indy to cover, but lose. You're smoking crack. No. They're not gonna gonna, you think they keep it close to seven points? I Carson Wentz? Paper, skin, and glass bones? You think he's going to actually fucking hang in that? The one thing the Colts have is a good defense. They do. Yeah, but the Ravens have the potent offense and luck. I, like, I've said this a million, but they're the luckiest team in the NFL. The Ravens' offense in the last two weeks, they've put up 23 and 19 points. Yes, they, but they're also They're lucky. settling for a lot of field goals right now. But they're lucky. I, th- I think that will continue. I don't give a shit about luck. 
They are... Luck wins the games. Luck... No. Justin Tucker banking in a field goal is lucky, but luck is a... It, Their no. game against the Chiefs? Luck is that a... Cu- that was lucky. Luck is a culmination of being prepared and timing. And they've had both... Oh, you're, of your, you're one of those guys. So, they, so well, luck, if you're well... Luck, if, if, even then, luck can run out. Your luck can run out. I think it's going to this. The way. Ravens, the Ravens win, but the Colts cover. That's what I'm going to go with. Okay, I'm, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say that I'm going to say the Ravens win and the Ravens cover. Okay, okay. Not All with right. you. So that's that's the stat guy, Nate Parlay. All right, we love. I think that. you've got a good one this week. Nate, right. we appreciate. It. Is there anything else you want to say before we uh, end this bad boy? No, not at all. Just you know, Steelers are going to lose again this week. Maybe, maybe we're. I actually looked at it. We are uh, one point. We were one-point favorites at home against the Denver Broncos. I honestly thought about throwing that in the parlay, but I don't know if I can bet on it. Well, is, Te- is Teddy playing? That's what That was my thing. I don't know if Teddy's playing. A 14-13 win. If yeah. Drew Locke's starting, then if, yeah, I'm taking the Steelers. If, if Drew Locke's starting, then yeah, I'm taking – but that's the thing. I don't know yet. It's yeah. too early in the week. I can't, yeah. I can't make yeah, that we'll, decision. We'll, no, see, that's fair, we'll, that's see, we'll see what happens later on. Skyler, what do you have for the people before we log off? Um, man, honestly, I don't – I mean – Nothing outside of what we've talked about. Yeah, I mean, I feel like lately it's just like every time you ask me that, I'm like, I don't know. I will <laughs> say, come this time next week when the episode airs, NHL hockey will have. Uh, we will be doing an NHL preview next week of the small market teams. There's a lot of them. We're we're mainly just going to do a quick NHL preview of where we think the teams finish in each division. That's fair. No, yeah, I'm cool. Are, are we having uh, we having any hockey guys on? Oh well, well, we'll we'll talk about getting some hockey related talent on. We're not going to use any names right now because nothing is solidified. No, no, no. I'm talking about like just friends that are hockey fans. Yeah. Blue Jackets first in the Metro. If that happens, <laughs> if the Blue Jackets win the Metropolitan Division, I will buy each of you something very nice. I have not determined what that is yet. I, I, want, get, I want a sex I will, doll. I will get a Blue Jackets logo on my nuts. You heard it here first, folks. I'm holding him to that. That guy Nate said he would get a Blue Jackets logo tattooed on his ball sack. I'll get one on my fucking throat. Can you even get a tattoo on your throat? Yeah. 100% you can. I don't know if you can get one on your ball sack. You ever seen Travis Barker? I don't, can. Can they do... Yes, can, yeah, I know for a fact you can, Nate. Can they do fucking, like, detail on your throat like that? How do they even... Yeah. That sounds painful. Oh, it hurts like a bitch. I've got three neck tats, and they all fucking kill. That's not the kind of deep throat you're into. Let's not lie about it. <laughs> wow. Well. Am I right, boys, or am I right, boys? I don't know what to say. You say. Oh, oh, I left Sky speechless. Holy shit. It's about time you paid me back. Oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, I really don't have anything to uh, to say other than uh, I'm looking forward to hockey season. Guys, we'll have an NHL and an NBA preview coming out as well. We'll talk about all the small market teams, do some spotlights on individual players who we think is going to help carry the the bulk of the, uh, the workload this year. Um, but yeah, once again, we appreciate you guys listening. Follow us on all of our social media, Twitter at smallmarketins, yeah. uh, Instagram and TikTok at smallmarketinsecurities. And yeah, once and again, we're, uh, we're going to go uh, have a couple of drinks and get some food and watch the Red Sox take a big fat steaming L. Yeah, take that, Chris. No, I'm kidding. I would root for a lot of unfortunate, unsavory things over the New York Yankees. But um, for Stack Guy Nate and the co-host of Chaos Skyball, this has been Phil Razor. Once again, Small Market Insecurities. Pairs well with booze.